Sir, after you, if you please. A flight of stairs led down. Benjamin descended partway, then stopped. Below was a musty basement. The walls cracked and pitted, the overhead beams caked with grime. Why in the world are we meeting in this godforsaken place? Because I deemed it prudent said a melodious female voice with a hard undercurrent. Please, won't you join us? Benjamin continued to the bottom. A table had been placed near the left-hand wall. Behind it sat a woman all in black with a stylish hat and a lacy veil that covered half her face. You're the one, he said. Yes, the woman confirmed. You will soon be a thousand dollars richer, thanks to me, she gestured. Be seated. Five chairs had been set up facing the table. Four were occupied by men Benjamin recognized. To say he was shocked didn't do him justice. It can't be. Do you mean to say I wasn't the only one? I do not believe in leaving anything to chance, the woman said, which is why I'm wearing this veil. Should any of you have an ill-advised change of heart, you won't be able to report me to the authorities. In the first chair sat a man of sixty or more, his hair nearly white, his face a latticework of wrinkles. His name was Weber and until recently he had made his living as a carpenter. "'You too, Benjamin,' he said. "'I never suspected how many were involved. "'Here I reckoned I was the only one,' said the second man, Hurst, who in his time had eaten more than a few too many pies and sweet cakes. "'So did I,' said the next one. "'Theodore Beckman.' was young and pale and had spectacles perched on the end of his thin nose. "'Let's make it unanimous,' declared the fourth, a middle-aged fellow whose clothes were better than the other men's, but not as expensively made as the woman's or her manservants. Philip Monroe owned a thriving mercantile. Making himself comfortable in the last chair, Benjamin said to the woman, You're taking an awful risk. If the authorities ever find out, they'll throw you behind bars, female or not. Her vehemence was as unexpected as it was unsettling. She smacked the table and growled with animal-like intensity. I would take the same risk a thousand times over to see him pay for what he did. I take it you're not fond of the gentleman... Philip Monroe asked. Fond! She hissed like a lynx about to strike. He is scum, a half-breed pig who deserves to suffer without end for the lives he has taken. Benjamin waited for her to regain her composure, then posed the question. If you hate him so much, Miss Bork, why did you go to so much trouble to have him found innocent? The woman stiffened, and for more than a minute she was still. Then she slowly raised her veil, 
revealing an exquisitely lovely oval face with piercing green eyes and full red lips. So you have figured out who I am? Then there is no further need for subterfuge. It wasn't hard, Benjamin said. There was talk at the trial about a sister, but she never showed. Then each of us was slipped these notes. He placed his on the table. Two plus two usually equals four. Quite perceptive of you, the woman complimented him, then proudly confirmed, Yes, I am Athena Bork. Hurst was looking at her in confusion. I don't get this. You're the sister, and you want the breed dead? Then why in God's name did you tamper with the jury? Exactly, Theodore Buckman said. Had it not been for you...